Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Everything Imaginable. And today our guest is Ben Quinn. Thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure to be here. It's uh, Ben Kane. Uh, it's oh. kind of better. <laughs> but yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Great. And uh, the reason I brought, wanted to have you on is because I've been looking for a guest to talk about chaos magic. And you were the only one that actually responded to me over like the last four months. Okay. Um, so, uh, it was just start from the beginning, man. And I actually, you know, I have your bio here, so I did read through it. And how you even got into this is kind of an interesting tale. Um, would you like to share that with my listeners? Um, I guess how I how I got into magic and, and the occult and whatnot is, I guess, what you're asking me. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, I grew up pretty much like, you know, normal, everyday kid, um, middle middle income household. Uh, I'm not rich, not poor, just that. Um, grew up from a, a Catholic uh, kind of tradition. And my parents were, were divorced, but I remember going to like you know, some of the Catholic schools and stuff. Like that. Um, I remember holding, <laughs> they uh, held the mass in all in the Latin. So, so I was really young. And so I remember being baptized at three. So it wasn't overly exciting, but I remember it being like a, a big deal, um, especially from my father's perspective. Uh, my my parents got divorced, and I uh, stayed with my mother. And after that, she uh, went Christian, and kind of left the Catholic mind, and uh, got really involved in the church. Would go out to like Christian summer camps and stuff like that. But uh, you know, as I as I became my person, as I grew into myself, um, you know, as most do around their teens. Um, I started looking for something more, you know, and at that point, Christianity was like a big thing pressed on me or anything. So I was just kind of looking for my own path. And uh, like I, anybody, you know, looking, just starts looking at all kinds of material or any kind of things they can get their hands on. Uh, for me, I was in a small town. So I basically went to the <laughs> to the mall uh, bookstore and, you know, whatever was in the new age section is kind of where you start. And, uh, you know, I read a lot of different stuff, read a lot of Celtic magic. Egyptian, uh, gypsy, things like this, dif- dif- different uh, systems, and nothing really kind of resonated with me. Um, you know, even some of the wicked stuff. It was there's there's parts of it that did, and, and a lot of it didn't. You know, and so I, it's interesting you bring up chaos magic because at the time I didn't realize I was doing chaos magic, um, but I had actually taken bits and pieces of each each of these things that did resonate with me and kind of create my own my own personal system me um which is essentially chaos magic i mean there's a lot to that subject but it's me what the definition of chaos magic is is basically looking at the mechanics um of magic not so much traditional not so much of the the dogmatic aspect um taking looking at it almost as a machine you know this system has these different parts and so different parts but sometimes they have the same parts that are just looked at ways um you can take different elements from these different systems 
uh, and create your own system that works for you. Chaos magic is extremely personal. I mean, magic should be in any way, even if you're following any kind of system or uh, things like that. I believe personally you should make magic your own. Uh, even in my books, I say, you know, don't you know, use this as a template, but, if, you know, get comfortable with it, but add your own elements to it. Make this something that is, is your magic. Don't do my magic, do your magic. Um, mm. so it's a, it's a very personalized situation. Yeah. You know, there's, there's two things, two common denominators that I, I've really gotten with all the cultists that I've interviewed, um, is one is, um, being able to focus your mind basically to really concentrate. And the other thing with magic is, uh, a lot of people that I say talk have talked to um, talk about the point of it actually is to eventually make your own system that's going to work for you, your own personal system. I think that ultimately that's the goal behind magic. You know, it's it's to it comes down to you know if you want to look at magic you have to look at it as a force in this reality this is kind of how i looked at it you know i, I, I did magic you know as i said as a, as a teenager things like this but then I, I i left it for a while uh and then came back to it as an adult and as i came back to it and really looked at it um i had to be like okay you know how how does this this is really exist? how does this exist in this reality it's part of this reality you know it's all these all these philosophers and and scientists and, and very intellectual people that believe in this, you know, and, and so there must be something to it. So for me to to really understand magic, I couldn't, I don't just believe, I don't believe, I don't like the word magic, first of all, it's, it, it alludes to, you know, I don't know how it happened, it must be magic. Um, I don't like the word miraculous, it just miraculously happened. There must be a system to this, there must be something that is behind this. Even if we don't see it or understand it at the moment, there's something going on behind the scenes. There's something that to me is scientific. Um, you know, this is kind of where the metaphysical and, and the scientific kind of overlap. You know, and magic is a is a, a process um, of understanding the reality that we're in, uh, and, and that comes and that's, that's variable though because it changes with every single person. Everybody, what I consider, has a personal reality grid, and then there's the, the consensual reality matrix. We all interact in together. We can all consensually agree on something occurring. Um, but ultimately, yes, I mean, that's the idea is, is freedom here to be able to use your intent um, and your energy towards overcoming obstacles in your life or helping you, helping, helping you assist you on your path through life um, and kind of change the reality around you to, to make it work for you, uh, essentially. That's what it comes down to. Um, if you don't like the word magic, then, then what word would you put in this place there really isn't a word you know and it's funny because uh, i've had this conversation with a colleague some time ago and we came up with scientology you know which is obviously something that's been taken and has very negative connotations to it um in a lot of in a lot of circles so you know that was just kind of an inside joke there but there really isn't a name for it you know and i so i use magic that right i use the word magic because it's the only thing that um at, at, at this point is the best descriptive word for it. people understand what you're talking about, you know so mm -hmm. there really isn't a replacement for it at this point um i don't know like how about like maybe quantum manipulation 
I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, it could it could be something like that. I mean, you are, you know, it could be called reality hacking. That's been another term that's been thrown around as, you know, hacking reality and, and uh, altering it for your, or manipulating it, as you said, you know, for your best uh, outcome. Uh, but yeah, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of different things you can throw around there. But socially, you know, overall, it's it's magic is, is the term. You know, now Crowley used it with a K. He's, he'd spell it with a K to differentiate between, you know, stage magic and, and uh, uh, but, you know, now, obviously, when, you know, you're reading books, you can tell the difference of what is what. There's really no differentiation. As yeah, the K has sort of become a standard now. Yeah, and, and it goes, you know, like I said, it really is no official way of, of, of writing it, but that uh, it's kind of been accepted within the schools. Um, was there any pieces of work or, or grimoires this, that really influenced you heavily? Like, for me, example, I would say, like, one that really influenced me a lot was the work of, like, um, Eliphas Levy or Louis Alphonse Castan or whatever right. his name was. Um, you know, the book of uh, Transcendental Magic and Ritual was, was one for me that really clicked. Um, which ones really, um, you know, resonated with you to help you develop your own path? You know, that's the thing. It's like I've taken, I guess with Chaos, like with Chaos Magic, I've taken a little bit from everywhere. Um you know, I was within an order that was called the, the Order of Voltec. Um, there was a heavy influence of, of Carlos Castaneda, actually, and, and the teachings of Don Juan mm -hmm. in, in that particular organization. Uh, also, you know, Lovecraft um, as well. And that's that's a whole other controversial subject that, you know, is it real, is it not real? It was like um, the uh, Necronomicon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, it's uh, those those elements were really strong. Um, really had a, a force or a feel to me or a, a effect on me, but not uh, any one person in particular. You know, I would say I guess if I had to really pick somebody, I would say Pete Carroll probably. Um, he did Psychonaut and. Uh, and several of those, the, the Octavo he's done at Libra Null. Uh, and he looks at, he, I like it because he looks at things more from a scientific point of view, you know, and so there's there's that. He, he actually has, you know, different uh, equations that, that are, are applied to magic, you know, and uh, looks at it more of like a system. So I think that he's he's been a kind of a big influence in his philosophies and the way he uh, presents himself and, and how he presents magic. So. Interesting. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, like about the uh, Necronomicon, H.P. Lovecraft, you know, you said, you know, people questioning whether it's real or not. Um, is that even a possibility of something not being real? Like, I mean, with, with magic, you're kind of creating. So how can you actually create something that's not real? This is going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> here we here we go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you see a crazy person on the side of the street, I've learned a long time ago, I can't call them crazy. Anymore. I just have to say that their reality is very different from mine. Um, and, and that that goes along with the same kind of thing of like, if someone believes something's real, it's real in their personal reality. It's real to them. 
um, whether I believe or not, outside of that bubble of and is, is irrelevant. Um, so what's real to one person may not be real to another person, and both are valid, both are equal. You know, I mean, you, there's, I mean, if you want to look at solipsism, I can't, no one can really say for certain that anybody or anything exists outside of themselves. So, you know, what is real? What is reality? Uh, and that's what we really get into when you're looking at Lovecraft, you're looking at, uh, again, Carlos Castaneda, you're looking at uh, Voltec um, kind of philosophies. Um, yeah, you can't really say something. There's no, there's no, so, there's nothing set in stone that this is the all uh, marker that says this is what's real, this is 100%, anything varying from this is not real. Uh, there isn't anything like that. Now, that's why I call it the consensual reality matrix. We can consensually, we can all agree that something exists or not. Um, but when it really comes down to it, it's a very personalized situation. Um, so, you know, what is real, what is not, you know, it's, it's very hard to prove um, some of these things. But if you're looking at Lovecraft and you're looking at normal standards of, of comparing, you know, is, is there evidence behind this? Is this real um, in a normal standard way? Uh, I gave a lot of examples in in the introduction to uh, the Black Book of Azathoth, which deals with that particular um, magical current. And, you know, he, he went through a lot. He suffered a lot through his dreams, his, his what he called nightmares or what I call like uh, sessions. And uh, these are very comparable to, to a lot of mediums that have had contact with things that have come through from other alien spirits, whatever other, other dimensions um, to speak through them, you know, and, he, he talks about it so graphically and like the Nihilopotep, he talks about letters he's written to personal friends about about these things. And some of these like Nihilopotep, he, he, he woke up from this nightmare and wrote all this stuff down and, and didn't even didn't even know what he was writing until the very end. Um, and I think he only changed a few things on edit at the end. But, you know, he's he's getting these messages. He's getting all these currents. And there's something undeniable about something about his there's an element in, in, in his writing when he's we're talking about the old ones that everybody just kind of is drawn to. Um, I wouldn't say everybody. That's, that's not the right way to say it. But there's definitely people that are drawn to this particular current. Something that's there's, they can feel that there's substance here. There's can feel that there's there's a reality here. Um, there's something to this, you know. And uh, there's been a lot of different books, a lot of different Necronomicons written, but the Black Book of Azathoth was was a book written. Be hundred percent true to Lovecraft. Just the the entities that came through to him, um, and, and that that people are able to access. Um, and I give a lot of a lot of connections throughout history about how these these beings actually have been here and and uh, have interacted with humankind uh, for some for some time. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those again controversial things which we find so much in magic in, in general. Is, is there any difference between working with something like the spirits in the Necronomicon uh, versus the spirits that are like in the Goetia? Every spirit family has a different feel to them. But first of all, you'd have to clarify like which Necronomicon you're speaking about. You know, the Lovecraftian, dealing with those kinds of entities, are you looking at like Simon Necronomicon that deals with um, 50 names of Marduk? You know, so there's there's different... There's different entities, completely different systems uh, under the same name. So, but if you're looking at um, 
it's say Lovecraft being introduced. Yeah, different different feeling completely than than the, the Gothic spirits. Um, but then in your your Simon Necronomicon, also that family of spirits completely different. Anything different than Voodoo or Egyptian, uh, you know, and so on. Yeah, everything has its own kind of signature feel to it, energetic feel to it, or or uh, fingerprint. Um. Working with some of these spirits, uh, I mean, like, I know some people would consider, you know, you know, somebody, you know, the spirits being like demonic. Um, do, do you ever worry about, you know, like them attaching themselves to you, to you or causing a harm to you or people in your family? There's only one group of spirits that has ever uh, caused me any kind of trouble. Um, and it's, of a strange situation it was when i wrote the uh the book of smokeless fire and when i started working with that a lot of negative things came into my life um really really dark presences uh and then recently i just i came back to it several years later and i wrote i just finished up um the second book and again a lot of a lot of dark influences uh I'm, I'm glad to be away from that now i've written the books i've done that um but it's a chapter I'm definitely happy to put behind me. Uh, and I, I give that warning in the book. Um, and even the, the translator, the original translator into English, uh, talked about how when he's translating the book, that the same kind of negative influence has happened. Uh, very similar, actually. So I, it's, it's a, but those particular, those particular entities, those gen are very, 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 very dark. Um, and I, I tell people, you know, this is not for beginners. This is something that is only used in dire circumstances. Um, but other than that, I haven't had any kind of negative influences from spirits. What some people consider evil, others do not, vice versa. Um, it's all perspective. So really, it comes down to your your experience with them and what you feel you know essentially if you're in the circle and you, you you're working with something and something and you oh you know your hair stands up and it's a real negative influence then you may not want to you know continue to work with the spirit and you know i've had really really positive experiences with the spirits that people have said are, are very dark um so you know it it comes down to the individual what do you experience without without outside influence without expectation without description of what you're going to see or what you're going to experience you know you just do the work put everything aside do the work and see what you get from it um it's again it's a very personalized situation when working with the spirit so what is it you're um what what is the main goal is it you're looking for knowledge and communication or are you looking for material manifestations like money stuff like that when I work with spirits, it's not any kind of like communication like that. Um, to be honest, you know, like a lot of people, you know, especially if you read something like Guisha, you know, you use these fantastic descriptions of what is going to appear, you know, and I've, I've never really actually experienced anything like this. I've, I have experienced manifestation. I have seen, you know, spirits for, for uh, it's not a question to me uh, of the reality, but, you know, most people think as soon as they go into a circle and triangle and they do something, but you know, the guy's going to, and sit down and have a beer with them, which is, I've actually had people, you know, expect this kind of result. And I'm, you know, it's not something that is, is very common. Um, when I work with spirits, I'm looking for a, a change within my reality 
could go if for things to go my way in a, in a better way. Um, so I feel their presence. I know that they're there. I work with them. We have a mutual respect with each other. Um, and I'm looking for an actual change in, in my circumstance. Um, like after a particular ritual is done or you make contact with the entity that you're looking to make contact with, does it stop there or does it continue afterwards? Um, I'll leave a circle up or, or uh, a circle and triangle up for a couple of days after I've done a ride, just kind of like leave that energy there. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the spirit will linger, but generally it, it will uh, it'll fade and go off to where where spirits go. Um, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. You know, if you're working with packs, then you're obviously you're working with that spirit on a very close relationship, a very close level. Uh, and the spirit will continue to work with you. Um, generally, in in a normal ritual, you would do a rite, um, make some kind of sacrifice, and then you know it's the spirit will will work with you or not. Uh, hopefully, it does. If it accepts everything and it works, you then you'll see the change occur. Um, that's that's pretty much where it, where it lies there. Um. When, when you make a sacrifice to a spirit, like, do you ever use, you know, like sacrifice animals, anything like that? Or is it more like more traditional things like tobacco or rum? Yeah, it depends on the system. It depends on the, on the spirit. Um, a lot of the time, to me, I don't harm animals. Uh, it's not something I believe in doing. Now other people do. Other people believe in it um, for, for sacrificial reasons, for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything against that and like again each their own personally uh i'm i don't harm animals so what i offer and what I, i've written about this you know what what is a sacrifice is really giving up something that matters to you you know something that is important to you uh you know giving away something that is a meaning to you there's no sacrifice to you there's no you're not offering anything up that means something very important you know dear to you um personally i'll offer up a little bit of my own blood and that is not as uh, as a lot of people think an energy source the spirit to draw from or anything it's just a sign of respect this is i believe that my spirit runs through my blood so in order to like uh make some kind of sacrifice i offer just a little bit of my blood in in show of honor um to them and, and that i'm serious about what i'm offering here what i'm what i'm in my life so it's it's a it's more a sign of respect than anything else mm-hmm but, but do, do different spirits kind of want different types of sacrifices? Different spirits will ask for different things traditionally. Um, again, this is something that you're going to have to like work with the spirit and see if this is if this applies. You know, there's a lot of different counts of spirits uh, in, in in old times, and then you know compared to now, and there's there's different things that have changed. You know, so I say work with the spirit, see what what kind of uh, Feeling you get from it, you know, uh, offer something that means something to you, and see what kind of result you get. Um, but there are spirits, you know, from my understanding that, that that want more, you know. So it just depends on your. It, it comes down to the magician and, and what they're willing to do, and what kind of result they get from it. Um. Yeah, like I mean, I have talked to. Um, you know, people that do practice voodoo and, and have, you know, sacrifice chickens and stuff like that. And 
they, but they tend to tell me like, you know, like the, the chicken's treated really well. And then afterwards they, they just eat the chicken. You know, it's just like a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, treats their own. So I, I, I'm more, it, to me, it's a very personal, right? It, it's, it's very, it's very intimate. You know, you, you, you draw your circle up, you draw the, the, the triangle up, uh, you put a lot of energy in this, a lot of thought, mm-hmm. a lot of time. Uh, it's a very intimate setting. It's generally a one-on-one, you and the spirit. You know, this is very, uh, I think I said very intimate. Um, and so for me to offer my blood is something that's very important. And I've always gotten really good results from that. So I don't see, you know, as I say, if, it, if it's not broken, don't fix it. This works for me. This is the result I get from it. Um, <clears throat> I don't see any reason to change that. So again, you know, it comes down to reality, what we make of reality, what we accept in our personal reality grids. To me, this this works for me. This is what I believe in. Uh, I'm getting result from it. Uh, so I'm going to stick to that. Uh, other people, it, it, really, it really comes down to what you believe in. What you believe in actually matters a lot. It may be real or not. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, what you allow to exist within your reality is up to you. Is is there any connection between, um, and this is kind of a silly question, but it's more for my listeners, between like, you know, working with demons and devil worship? You know, first of all, like what is considered a demon? In some cultures, the demon was a god, you know? So it, it, again, it comes down to your perspective of things um, and you're, you're one-on-one with them, you know, what kind of feeling do you have? So that, there's that. Um, to me, worshiping anything is, is awful. Uh, I don't worship anything. I don't kneel to anything unless it's just out of a common respect. Um, it's definitely not to worship something above me or better than me, more superior to me. Um, to me, we're equal. We're, we're, you know, they may be in the spiritual realm. I'm a spiritual entity within a, in a material body. I have respect for them. They respect for me. Um, I don't worship anything. To me, if, you know, let's say you're looking at... Uh, in Judeo-Christian systems, you know, I, you get down on your knees and, and essentially beg for something or pray for something to happen. You're asking for something here on this, and you're not begging. You know, it's more of a respect um, in this situation. And so, I don't worship anything. To me, it's like getting getting on your knees from one thing to getting on your knees to another thing is no difference. Now, to me, you know, Lucifer. If you want to look at left hand path, um, Lucifer doesn't want you to worship him. Lucifer doesn't want on your knees. I mean, he wants to take your hand, lift you up so you look eye to eye. He wants you to stand on your own. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be powerful. Um, that's that's his role. That's what he did. He was a rebellious angel against something that he didn't go along with. He, he stood up for what he believed in, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what he's wanting from you. He doesn't want you to, you know, sell your soul. He doesn't want you to be dominated by him and you know all these things that are these these ideas that are going around he wants you to be strong he wants you to be your own person he wants you to to find yourself and and become you you know mm-hmm. and so it's not about worshiping anything uh if anything you know this is very levain or, or very you know church of satan kind of ideology but it's like if anything you should worship yourself you know worship being here worship your life worship um things that you that make you happy you know worship these things love joy you know everybody thinks that uh, left-hand path is all evil and dark and, and about hurting animals and things it's mm-hmm. not to me it's about freedom it's about embracing freedom uh true freedom you yeah. know you look at again you know judeo-christian 
you know, ideologies and, and, and beliefs, and it's all about control. It's always about serving. It's very, very abusive. Um, it, it's abusive to children, you know, in my in my perspective. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, you know, you're going to go to hell. The fact that, you know, you tell children that they're going to go to some place that burns because they tell a lie or something like this, and it's just abusive. Um, that's the idea of magic, is stepping away from this, or, even, you know, not even left-hand path, but just magic in general, stepping away from this kind of uh, thought, this kind of uh, dominance, this kind of uh, abuse, and coming into yourself, standing up for yourself, finding respect for yourself, power within yourself, realizing you're important, um, and being able to take that energy and, and move it in, into, the, into the reality that you want in a positive way. So, you know, it's, it's right. not evil. It's not dark. And I had to, I had to go through that. I, like I said, I was raised very, you know, very religious and I had to like think, wow, you know, am I doing something bad because I believe in this, you know? Um, and it, there was nothing bad, you know, there was nothing bad on the list. So, you know, am, I, am I hurting anybody? Am I doing anything bad? Do I feel bad with this? No, I don't. This is about self-respect, you know? Um, so it, it's not an evil, it's not an evil thing, if, if, depending on perspective. But, right. you know, you've got your, you know, 1980s Geraldo Rivero, you know, <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of ideology going on there. And, and you know what's sad is you have people out that, that come to me all the time. I'm a devil worshipful, hail, hail Satan, you know, I, I'm, I'm evil for the sake of being evil. This has no interest to me. They obviously do not get it. Right. You know. I had a guest, um, I don't know. He had a near-death experience, and he was explaining this situation about and angels and, and God and, and and you know um, how they had to overcome Lucifer and stuff like that. And like all according to this guy's story, he's saying that the only thing Lucifer ha- Lucifer has to do is get one human soul to join him. And I was thinking, like, well. You know, I mean, he did give us sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, you know, I would give my soul up for that. For Lucifer? Why not? I mean, it's what kind of like what we live for anyway. Everybody has views of things. You know, dude, I think it's a, I think it's a Hindu it's just you know, there's mm-hmm. there's many different ways to the to the summit of the mountain it's the fool that runs around the bottom telling everybody they're going the wrong way they, <laughs> they, them, they themselves never ascend you know what i mean so yes. it, this is this is a personal thing i don't follow you know i'm not don't put me in a box you know if you look up my facebook it's i'm a, I'm a seeker of truth without restraint i'm not a black magician i'm not a Yes, I'm technically a chaos magician, but you know, I don't don't put me in a box. You know, I, I am I'm seeking truth. Mm-hmm. I'm looking over here, I'm looking over there, I'm I'm experiencing this, you know. Um keep it open. You don't wanna <laughs> don't just study one thing or the other. You know, I read a lot of religious books actually. You know, I really I read a lot of different uh <laughs> a lot of different literature, not just one thing. Don't limit yourself, don't cut yourself off. Knowledge is power. Learn right. all that you can, right? And that's one of the things uh, you know with my podcast. Even like I try to get as many different points of view as I possibly can on here to help people better understand everything that's actually available to them, that they don't have to live in this little tiny box, like you said, that, that we're taught as kids, because because you know. 
I mean, I don't know if it's cruel, but it, it, it's definitely not wise. Right. And, and that's a lot of it, you know, like if you're looking at religion, it's just say, and, and we're speaking in general, but if you're looking religiously, it's like, you know, ask your parents, well, why do they believe the way they believe? And they'll say, because that's how they were raised because their parents raised them that way. And if you ask them, they would do the same thing, most likely. And it goes down the line, and you ask, well, why? <laughs> I believe it because my parents believe it because my parents believe it because my parents believe it. No, hold on a second, you know, like, what is, this is your life, you know, what do you believe? Um, feels right to you. Mm -hmm. And and that's the problem, I think, with any system, any, you know, even any kind of religious religious group or, or, or magic group even, you know, it's like you have to follow these different guidelines, do these certain things, or, you know, and it, it kind of defeats the purpose. It kind of goes against the whole idea of what it, um, yeah, they say like, you know, as, as an example, they say in poetry, there's all these different poems that you can learn how to write types mm -hmm. of poem. But at the end of the day, there's no there's no rules to poetry. And you learn all the rules to poetry to understand that there's no rules to poetry. Right. Um, and that's where you are with magic. You, you know, you start with technical, you learn how to do all the different things, and all these different philosophies, take it all in, and then you realize, well, People created that. Why can't I create what I want for me? Mm -hmm. You know, you're taking all these different ideologies, taking these technologies and, and techniques, and you know, create your own system, in your own reality. You know, um, ceremonial magic really doesn't do it for me, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it, and like that analogy also kind of like reminds me of like. Um, same thing like applies with music even you know you learn how to play music you learn the notes you learn all this stuff but then in the end you kind of throw all that out and you make it your own right yeah exactly and com combining scales or you know uh fusion of different st different styles or you know exactly um that's that's what it comes down to you learning learning the craft to understand that you can now make it your own and that's that's where you're trying to get to you're trying to get to that that state of master um which i don't believe anybody's ever a master but i think in this in this case it, it applies so the master of understanding that you know you can you actually have the power to do what you want to do um, once you learn all these different things you, you're in the seat of, of control um it's just getting there you know i think it's just the the process of understanding that that takes the time Do you believe in life after death? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I believe in reincarnation. Um, I believe when you talk about life after death, I believe that um, we have a higher self. A lot of people call it the, the HGA or the higher guardian angel. Um, to me, that is, that is, as an example, we're in this life or we're this character, if you will living this life or these experiences right now, we will take all this information, all these experiences and essentially download it back to our higher self. We will be reborn again, go out, have different experiences, come back. Um, I look at it like a bicycle spoke or, or like a bicycle wheel, all the different spokes when you have the center and all these different lines connecting to the center. Each one of these is a different life. Um, 
you go out, you live, you die, you come back and take all the experiences and download by yourself until at some point you've, you've experienced it all. Uh, mm-hmm. You're complete as a, as a person, as a spiritual being. This my, is my person. I, I, I agree. I, I also follow sort of that, that same idea of reincarnation. And, you know, I, I think it's just yeah, different experiences and different lessons for each life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm very... Uh, as, you know, Zervanistic or, you know, Zastrian and a lot of my, a lot of the ways that I see things, even Taoism, Taoistic um, in a lot of ways, um, being, you know, like the yin and yang or what they call the type mm-hmm. D symbol, you know, put together, you, there's, there's light and there's dark, there's order and there's chaos. People like to assign good and evil to them when reality is that they're both essential parts of the one machine. If you notice in, in the, in the yin and yang symbol, they're, they're, separate things that are combined in one so you know it's like i believe in in positive or or i wouldn't even say positive i shouldn't say that you know i'll order and i believe in chaos any too much of too much order is a very negative thing it becomes very locked down very controlled there's no uh way for anybody or anything to grow or to be anything new to occur um and yet you need order to some extent now with chaos too much chaos there's there's no permanency within too much no order to anything to make anything so any anything any one of these you know in, in too much power is an evil thing or, or a negative thing um let's see again in taijiri symbol they're both equally balanced they have the same exact amount of energy yes. uh, so one rises up the other one comes back to, to match that they work as a machine um People think they're warring forces against each other. And yes, they are, but so is, you know, pistons in an engine that makes that engine go. So it, it, even though there's a there's a conflict there, they are part of one machine working together that causes experience to to occur here. Uh, if every if, if there wasn't any conflict, then no experience can be learned from that. Uh, if no experience can be learned from that, you know, we, we learn nothing. Um, everything's just flat, boring, nothing going on so we've got these these the proverbial boat has begun to rock with with chaos and order where you know it's a, it's a tug of war that cannot be won each side equally pulling mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling against the other you know and so there's there really isn't anything that's good or bad per se you know and that's another whole subject really is you know what is on that. it's interesting i interviewed somebody yesterday and he used um, um, Ohm's law, you know, like for electricity, and he 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 uses that formula and applies it to everything. That there's like you know there's there's resistance, and then you have to use you know force to get past the resistance and then overcome the problem, basically, to create a flow. And without that resistance nothing can really happen you just kind of just fall, keep falling backwards if you, if you never use force to overcome the resistance so so it's the same thing you need both the negative and the positive and uh, that's definitely something that's always resonated with me with Taoism and Buddhism and even Hinduism 
all those religions acknowledge, you know, both. They don't like shun one for the other. Exactly. And see, that's, that's interesting. You know, you, those are be considered, you know, right hand path religion or, or ideologies or philosophies. And yet, you know, a lot of people would say just left hand path, like we were talking about earlier, cut themselves off from any of these kinds of teachings, uh, any kind of knowledge. That's just ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take in all these different uh, philosophies from these different cultures, really understand them. I think that's where it, where it, where it really it comes to. Uh, that's the problem with, with so much people trying to, I, I run across this all the time, trying to get into this, they're interested in it. There's so much information, so much disinformation. Yeah, like, where do you start? Where do you, <laughs> where do you get into this? Um, how do you begin, you know? And I, I just try to tell people to, to follow their instincts and, and to learn as much, read as many books as you can on it. Um, I happen to be a rare book dealer before I really got back into magic as a, as an adult. And so I was working in, in rare cult books. So I had a, a access to quite a few of these books. I, I started reading, you know, mm-hmm. really understanding all these different concepts. I was, was fortunate to be in that position to have some of the, the material to, to go through and to understand. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just about don't listen to what this group says or that group or that author or the other author. You know, yeah. You, you know, listen to a little bit take what matters to you resonates good but really it's about following your own instinct <laughs> it's like i say you can sam you know follow follow your nose it always knows mm-hmm. yeah, following your, it, your heart you know yeah it, 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 now especially like like people have access to the internet and all these different all the knowledge there is basically available you know, I remember for me as as, as a kid, I'm kind of old. I'm like, I guess I'm going to be 53 this month. And um, but when I was a kid, you know, I had to go to, you know, go to bookstores, hang out in the occult section, and I would basically have a choice of like Israel Regardi or Israel Regardi. Yeah, right. That was it. <laughs> that, that was my choice. <laughs> See, that's like what I was saying, you know, when I was like a teenager, you know, there, you know, again, like, like you, I guess I'm kind of old. There was no internet, you know? So what are you going to do in a small town looking for answers as a kid, you know, essentially a teenager, you go down to the, to the mall bookstore and hit the new age section, you know, that's, that was the extent of, you know, what was available, you know, other than the public library. <laughs> that was, that was where it was at, you know? So it was difficult to find find these kinds of things back in the day you know and, and like you said now it's just readily accessible at your fingertips um, <laughs> but it, it, in a way that's bad because you know it's like you get so many different opinions you can literally, literally type in something and, and get 10 different views of it you know so it's like again you know what which one is right mm-hmm. one you know, works for me yeah I, I i kind of gauge um you know like what's right and what's wrong I have a couple of things I look for. One, if the information is like somebody's just saying, this is the way it is and, and there's no other way, then I automatically will disregard yeah. that piece of information. Yep. Um, if it's somebody who's trying to get me to join something, I automatically disregard it because you know, I'm not, 
I don't want to join anything. And, um, you know, Andy, I guess like the other thing, like, um, I, I've encountered occultists that are very egotistical and judgmental towards other occultists. And I tend to disregard those people as well. See, again, that falls into this trap of like, it's, yeah, you you, you nailed it. Ego, it comes back to ego. Ego turns me off. I hate ego. Um, I've watched occultists come and go and their ego has killed them. Um, You know, (laughs) you know, I I put my pants on like everybody else in the morning. You know, I, I, eat breakfast and do everything that everybody else does there's um, a lot of people want to think that i'm in some cave somewhere where satan you know with a big fire next to me all day long and that's just case uh it's as i'd said earlier there's no masters um the way i look at it we're all learning we'll all continue to learn there's there's no point you reach that you're like oh i I made it i i know everything now Mm -hmm. you know and it's uh i tell people it's like it's a path and the path really doesn't have an end. Uh, some people are farther along the path than other people. And it's, it's nice when the people farther ahead can yell back and, Hey, watch out for that pitfall over there or give advice as far as how to travel something. But I don't, I, yeah, people will often will they'll call me master, master Kane or this and that. Hey, look, don't, you know, don't call me that. If anything, call me brother, you know, but don't, don't call me master. It, it really it turns me off um, because it also, you know, it devalues them. It devalues them. And I'm like, nah, you know, again, like when I work with the spirits, don't devalue yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, don't be abusive to yourself. Just because I may, I might know more about, I don't know, casting a magic circle than I, you, know, you might know more about how to put an engine together. It doesn't mean that any one of us is better than the other. It just means we have information that the other one doesn't have, you know, right. and you can be an ass about it. You can be an, an egotistical ass and, and put yourself up on some pedestal and, and, you know, not want to give the information out or, you know, I, I've seen people act like this and it's just horrible. Um, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm going to evaluate you to make sure you're worthy of this information. I've actually seen that in posts before. Yes, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just like, um, you know, it's, it's obviously the person saying this has a lot to learn themselves on a spiritual level is how I look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I find that absolutely ridiculous because if a person's meant if, I mean, a person's going to understand that information or they're not going to understand it. If they're meant to have that information, they will understand it. If they're not meant to have that information, they're not going to understand it. It's That's just how it works. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's, I understand, like, you know, teaching is steps. People can understand, all right, you know, I'm going to skip, you know, skip this step 10 on something. But, you know, like, yeah, let's take the steps. But, I mean, to actually withhold information from people or to charge them a fee or, you know, this kind of thing or a lot of, like, you know, magical orders and things like this. Or, I mean, we were talking about Scientology earlier. Things mm-hmm. like this, you know. It's, it's like, um, yeah, you know, it's I do consultations and things like this. You know, people really want to know something about whatever. You know, time is money and, and it's very valuable, yes. But, I mean, to actually just, you know, not give people information or withhold information from people um, or to put yourself in a position of, like, thinking that you're so much better than somebody else because you have information. Yeah. And, and also, I... One, I, I think the world is in a place where people... Not only 
need the information, but they're actually starting to look for it. So I'm not going to deny people something that they're searching for if I know it, you know. And I'm also not going to tell people misinformation either. If I don't know something, I don't know. Hey, totally. And, and I, I tell that to people in consultations. You know, like I, I say, hey, you know, if you ask me something, if I know about it, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. If I don't know anything about it, I'm going to tell you I don't know anything about it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just where it's at. But yeah, you know, like I said, I've seen I've seen a lot of people come and go in, in this, and it's generally been the ego that um, that destroys them. It's kind of a shame. Uh, it again, is. It, it defeats the whole point of what they're supposed to be about. But it's also a good way to judge which people, a good way of weeding out the the good the people that are authentic and the ones that are not. Right. You know, um, like, like if somebody were to ask me for advice, I was my first advice would be, you know, look look for people that are humble. Right. Yeah, that's it, nice to see. <laughs> because because I, I, I think humility is the, I don't know, it, it's just sort of the sign of, of a real spiritual person. Yeah, and see, that's, I think so too. I believe, I believe the same thing. Um, and that's why, you know, the egotism is, it's, like I said, they have a long way to go in their spirituality or in their, uh, their spiritual life. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously there's sometimes, you know, there's some silliness with the ego, like, you know, um, like Anton, you know, LeVay, he, he was, I, I wouldn't say he was an egotistical person, but I think he recognized the silliness of his own ego right? and, and embellished that and made, kind of made it funny in a way right. and entertaining. Right. But that, you know, that was kind of his stick though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that was kind of like the whole church of Satan you know, your birthday is the most important birthday <laughs> kind of thing, you know, is the, the most important holiday kind of thing. You know, it's, yeah. Live in excess, live life for the fullest. Um, it's an interesting philosophy. You know, I don't, I don't adhere to it myself. I don't, I don't believe it. that's kind of the way to go. But again, that's just me personally. Right. I always kind of looked at him as more of an entertainer than mm-hmm. entertaining than anything else. Not, so much as a religious or philosophical figure. I don't see how else you can really, you know, I'm sorry, but I know often a lot of people probably, but really just a little, a little devil horns or a little, little mud shrimp. (laughs) 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 But you know, yeah, I I give it to him. I mean, he was a breakthrough. The whole, the whole movement was huge and his, influenced you know so much now uh the temple said you know it sprung from that and then Voltec from that you know uh golden dawn and all these different groups but you know he he really i mean he didn't obviously didn't influence that but um just so many so many things have opened up because of him and i i respect him for that you know bringing that kind of freedom and it's kind of busting through the gates um, mm-hmm. and allowing that to, you know, to happen. That was a huge movement. Yeah, was, for, for that time, it definitely was. Right, yeah. Could, very could, revolutionary, very in, in the spirit of it all, really. <laughs> yeah. I forget what movie that he was in where he had, like, the devil horns on in a robe and he was, like, overseeing some type of orgy. 
Yeah, I don't I don't remember <laughs> what the name it is either. But yeah, I've seen I've seen. Yeah, I can't forget his uh, his, his organ music either. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, with chaos magic, like you know, you, it seems like since there's no central place to actually pull from, you have to kind of you know you you're getting from all these different traditions. And, and, and making your own um to do that i think a person would probably need already some kind of confidence in what they're doing if you don't have confidence or belief in what you're doing you may as well not do anything at all it won't work right. you have to believe it 100 percent it's like when you do a ritual you already know the ritual you have to go in it as like the ritual's already been successful it's already been done you know um there's no well hopefully it'll work well maybe um you have to put all doubt aside and just go through it um as it's already been but yeah you're right you know and and that's the learning curve with it you know it's, it's getting to that place spiritually or intellectually to understand hey i you know Learning all, you know, going through the school of it all, and then learning at the end of the day, hey, I, you know, I've got the power to do this, and, and I know how to how to channel that power in the right way to get the result I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to learn all that stuff, so you know what I mean. In order to get to that place, you know, as an end point, you have to learn all the all the rules essentially, um, so you can break them, so you can apply them, so you can bend them, so you can, you know, it's it's all about creating your own your own system, but you got to have the tools in the toolbox to do that, you know? Um, and that just comes with time. You know, everybody wants something fast. I, you know, I've been studying in this for God, 20 years, you know? And so it's like, this is something that you put a lot of time into. I had this discussion with somebody the other day where it's like, there could be like a college course on this, you know, there could be a four year course on in hardcore, you know, magic in the, in the, the technicalities of it, the, you know, the physics of it, the all, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot in this subject, a lot of different, a lot of different elements that you have to understand and put together to get to that place of like, okay, I'm going to sit down and now create my own thing. That's going to change my own universe, my own reality. Yeah. And, and there's different sides to it too. You know, I, I, I believe like, you know, there's this, this spirit side, you know, like, a, like almost like a shamanic type of side to it. And then there's like this real practical part of it too. Like there was a time when, you know, writing something down and sending a message to somebody else and then knowing what it says was considered magic. So things just like writing and math and right. and um, medicine, they all came from magic. Right. So so it's really a huge part of, of who we are and, and, and how we've, you know, evolved scientifically as well they're one in the same this whole war between science and magic is ridiculous they're the same thing you know um and i'll give an example here uh you know fraser talks about this in the golden bit, you know but he, it's okay so what we have now what's been around since there's been people essentially you look at some of the oldest forms of magic you look at sympathetic magic where you have like piece of somebody's hair their, uh, their, their toenail or fingernail or their blood, something like this. And, and your intent, and as I talked about it before, 
intent is key in everything. It's the number one most important thing, <clears throat> excuse me, in magic. But if you're intend intending evil thoughts and evil putting evil energy and you know towards this hair, this piece of hair, and wanting something really bad to happen to this person, uh, you know, in magic this tends to happen. Um, but you can also use it in, in a benevolent, uh, benevolent, benevolent, benevolent way. Uh, excuse me, where uh, you know you can make something very positive happen, or give them good energy, or protect, use it for things like this uh this is an old 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 belief that you know because you have a piece of somebody that's tied to that um you know scientists you know like i said uh fraser and the golden bow so this is ridiculous you know that there's some something that you know connects these two things even though they're not connected anymore but when we look at quantum physics we have what we call quantum entanglement and this is exactly what we're looking at here is one part of something when it's part of something and never is not a part of that you know, and you know, Einstein talked about this even as a uh, action. Act, what is it? Spooky action at a distance is what he called it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it's like we we're seeing something that has been a belief for thousands and thousands of years. Now science is seeing it as something real because it can prove it scientifically. We've been saying this the whole time magically, but oh, that's just silly. But now that it can be proven scientifically it's now proven yeah that's kind of interesting because like all right we can prove that that really exists okay so we're scientifically proving that magic exists you know and i've thought about this before you know it are once we find that magic exists and i believe this will happen this is it's you know this will occur where it's not magic is you know magic things just happen but there's a system here energetically uh dealing with reality and, and personal personal intent once we can prove this are the witch hunts going to come back? You know, would the, yeah, will people be arrested for doing painful magic anymore? Will my some of the books I've written be, you know, um, banned and cast out, forbidden? You know, it's like once we prove this, you know, we're working really hard. It's funny, we're working really hard in magicians. We can, you know, to prove this exists in the, in the world we live in. But are we actually you know, bringing her about our own end by it? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> It's kind of an interesting thought. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing science catch up to magic, and they're not, again, they're not something that's separate. It's just things happen, they don't just happen magically. You don't say things and they just occur. Um, there's a science behind it, you know, and so it's finding that science and understanding that. That's where, you know, your fringe magic comes in. That's where pushing the magical envelope comes in. For me, it's not, I don't want to write about same old stuff everybody else is writing i want to push the envelope magically i want to take the the practice and advance it um farther i think that's the idea you know, why why rehash something a thousand times oh let me write another book about the oisha you know how many how many people have done this you know like you're rehashing the same stuff mm-hmm. over and over again you're not getting anywhere there's, there's no progress being made here you mm-hmm. know so wanting to push this envelope look at magic as a push this technology Really, and you know, give people the power to change their reality. Give them the power. Give them the keys to have freedom in their lives that brings them peace and brings them happiness and brings them love. Uh, and that's that's the idea. That's the ultimate goal for me is giving people keys to their own freedom. You know, breaking them free from this dogma of, of religion 
And more than that, on top of our underlying dogma of religion, that's hard as hell to get through with a lot of people. Um, you have to also understand the reality that you're living in has a lot more. There's a lot more going on here than you realize. A lot more that's been, you know, it's been fed to you or, or uh, conditioned. You know, you, you've been conditioned to realities way and you have to also break through those barriers in order to really access mm. um, again this is a learning curve this doesn't happen overnight right um so much there um when you like you if we like obviously you started all this before the internet and um at what point did you discover I mean, you probably uh, your your interest in magic was prior prior to, you know, um, you know, like quantum physics being come becoming quant uh, common knowledge. Like I know for me, you know, you know I mean, I, I was reading about magic and stuff like this when I was a kid, like thirteen years old, and I didn't really discover quantum physics and stuff until I was probably thirty five years old. And I remember reading it. And being like, oh my God, they're talking about magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, some of the best magic books that, that I could I could say was uh, they're not even and they're not even magic books. That's the funny thing is that they are. You know, uh, hol- um, the Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot mm-hmm. is one of them. It's really great, and, and they're talking about magic, but they're not talking about. It. They won't say the word. <laughs> skirting around it they want to say the word um the field is also a great book by lynn mctaggart mm-hmm. um and, and we're talking about you know how we are changing reality with our conscious um and there's great there's great uh, studies and stuff that's in these books and they they just come you know she i guess she uh comes just so short of saying the word magic you know but it's clear it's right there, you know so it's not magic. It's just a science. It's an understanding and philosophy of uh, reality and how we as conscious beings can actually have a lot of manipulation and control over the surroundings um, in our reality. Right. Uh, All right. So, so I'm going to ask you, and the other thing that came to mind, I was going to ask you this earlier and I forgot, you know, my question, like I always do. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is with reality, you know, there's there's a point where we all sort of share a reality, you know, a common reality, and then we have our internal reality. But the reality that we share as a collective, what happens? Do you think? Um, and, and I think sometimes this is part of like almost like what we're experiencing, um, where people no longer agree on that collective reality and it becomes almost like a split of two separate realities. That's interesting. There's a Carlos Castaneda the book called a separate reality that kind of deals with that. Um, pushing yourself another reality. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the answer to that. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, <laughs> it's interesting because I believe that, yeah, if there's enough people that believe something, it becomes real. Um, I mean, there's even study of this, you know, we're talking about what, you know, what they call Tolpo's uh, thought forms, uh, that, that's egregories, that's, that's another subject, mm-hmm. you know, if you got people who believe in something, they actually create that consciousness, that's a trip, think about that, I mean, we, where do we live where if like five people sit around and, and, and want to create the consciousness they can, I mean, that's really bizarre, that's, yeah. <laughs> where are we, you know, where are we <laughs> 
do that. You know, that's really, that's a trip. Another thing that's interesting is you look at like, you know, you're looking at quantum physics, look at the double slit experiment. That blew my, that blew my mind. Yeah, you know, it shows true. right there. I couldn't believe I found it. I, I tripped on that for, I don't know, you know, months. I'm like, oh my God, this thing, this exists right here. It shows, mm -hmm. you know, everything I've been, I believed in, everything I've talked about here it is, in, you know, in scientific fact. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. How does reality know that we're looking at it? How do you know that's being measured? You know, how, to, how it's all, all quantum, all quantum equations. There's one thing that's in common and that's the, the element of consciousness. You can't, you can't get rid of it, you know? Um, nothing, nothing exists without consciousness being a fact in it, in all of it. Uh, so if <laughs> some people believe one thing and some people believe another thing, I think they equally exist. And I, I don't know what to say. On that. Who knows what to yeah. I mean, could, could you imagine like so many people like believing like in such a different reality that you would like vanish from this reality? Right. right. You know, um, like how weird would that be? I mean, <laughs> But but yeah, I think it's probably possible. I do, I, I absolutely hundred percent do. You know, it, it it depends on the individuals where they are and what their beliefs in them, um, and how that that intent is 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 focused essentially. I think it's just you know with the problem of anything in this reality, with everybody is getting everybody on the same page to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so so I I think it's safe to say that reality is kind of a sketchy thing to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a little hard. It's, 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 I think it's almost it's impossible to, to fully grasp with, with the limited senses and intelligence that we have as human beings. The problem is, is that everybody's reality is equally valid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right, you can't argue it. Because they're, they're, they're the one perceiving it. <laughs> Right, exactly. You can't say that they're perceiving it wrong. The reality is, you know, it's different than yours, but who's to say that it's wrong? You know, right. you can't. So that's like I said, I see a crazy person who you, what you would normally say, oh, that person's a lost their, lost their damn mind, you know, talking to a cigarette on the side of the road or something, you mm -hmm. know, but I mean, how can I judge that? You know, like, I can't. Maybe the reality is just a whole lot different than mine, you know, so they yeah. each their own. And I've always felt that way, like with people with certain types of mental illnesses, like they're just, they're just perceiving something else that I'm not perceiving and that's it. Right. You right. Know? And their input's different. It's real to them. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and plus like, you know, we can also just kind of achieve that just through drugs, you know? Right. Yeah. Mind altering you know, I think that that's something that goes back, you know, the Mayans and, and Aztecs, from my understanding, you know, did a lot of mushrooms, you know, a yeah. lot of the shop, you know, and you know, ayahuasca and, and everything else that's going on that to open up your, your spiritual sense of things. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. Sorry. It's, it's just interesting. All the, this new stuff that has come out. Somebody else told me, you know, uh, I have a friend and we were talking about like, Darwinism and the theory of evolution and he told me about this thing called the stoned ape theory, where like apes started eating mushrooms, and as a result of the um, mushroom tripping on the mushrooms, they became self-aware, and that's how we evolved into humans. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love to do. Yeah, again, you know, how can I say that if I disagree with that, how can I say that, that you know, it's wrong? You know, his ideas are, you know, valid. Um, I happen to, to be more alien. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I just want to make sure I got connection. Yeah, I think that, that aliens probably had something to do with it, to be honest with you. But, I, uh, you actually, know, I about- actually do, too. I think either aliens have something to do with it, or I think humans existed much longer on this planet than we suspect. Right. And you talked about Darwin. You know, Darwin's accepted as far as, like, we came from apes and, and whatnot and that, that evolutionary kind of walk, but there's a big jump there. You know what I mean? And people kind of like accepted it as like, well, this is the only thing that's out there. It's as close as it is. And it became accepted as fact. But there's a lot. There's a, there's a pretty big jump there from apes to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people just, again, you know, it's not something that's widely known. It's like, oh, yeah, Darwin, evolution, whatever. But if you really look at it, you know, there's a lot of holes there. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't quite add up live in a really interesting place now i think it's like lake monsters and ufos and spirits and magic and you know like where the hell are we right. <laughs> we, 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 we don't know we don't know what we are we don't know where we are we don't know what we're doing we don't know, know we're why we're doing it <laughs> it's interesting i wrote in my one of my books i said that actually i said we don't know where we came from we don't know where we are and we don't know where we're going you know and, and that's that's it that's we have <laughs> Bruce on a rock hurtling through a void that's growing into another bigger void that I don't understand because space is expanding what is expanding into but you know I mean there's we don't, we don't know where we are that's that's what that was my journey that's where I started this all off on it before magic for everything I want to know where I am where am I you know and, and that seems weird to a lot of people but I guess mm-hmm. just I didn't really just accept that, oh, this is just where I am. You know, like, where am I? You know? Uh, and that's kind of just how I went down the rabbit hole that I'm now. I'm still continuing on this path. That's awesome. Uh, you know, the questions are almost more important. Asking those questions is more important than finding the answers, almost. Yeah. It, it, and- it, 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 it's, it's the just having those questions in your mind is an incredible experience. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's really trippy. You can get lost in it for sure. <laughs> down the, down the rabbit hole of, of everything. You know? uh, it, at the end of the day, everything's just energy and, and, and consciousness. Is, is, you know, down to it, so. Yeah. But it's, it's, so, uh, it's so weird though. It's just a path, you know, it's just a path looking for answers. It's just, again, like, like my description, and I'm this, I'm not that, I'm a seeker of truth. I'm just looking, looking for answers, you know, without, mm-hmm. you can't do this because of this law or that, you know, religious belief for this. I mean, you know, I'm just, I just want to see what's out there and decide for myself. You know? uh, it's that freedom. That's great, man. That was great. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk to me today. Uh, it's definitely been a pleasure. Uh, I enjoy, you know, these kinds of conversations and hopefully, you know, people can, can get the message, you know, that, you know, this is all about you. This is about your, your rise to power within yourself, it's having confidence within yourself, having self-respect for yourself, you know, yourself, having love for yourself, being free. Um, that's what this is about. 
really being free of spirits as spiritual people and uh, just reaching, reaching for that, what we call a godhood, you know, just reaching for that, uh, that place where we can find peace and happiness and, and be in control of our world. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, where can my listeners find you? Now I just took my website down. Actually, I want, I'm going to be going with a different host here pretty soon. So I just, I really took it off. So I don't have a website up right now, um, which is fine. But um, the best way to get a hold of me is through email, which is s.benkane at ymail.com. S.b.e.n.q.a.y.i.n at ymail.com and then of course through facebook uh is really a great way to get a hold of me that's just uh at Espen Kane. cool yeah I, I have both of those here and i'll post those links in the notes of this episode and um and also like when you get your website back up you can just, uh, send me the link to that and i can add that in also be great all right and thanks for coming on tonight all right i appreciate being here and uh We'll talk again. Yeah. Hold on one second. It's got to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise. To support the costs of producing this podcast, click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot, you can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, Don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.